Welcome to Downton. Hello there. Emma speaking. Welcome to Shall We Go Through, the Downton Abbey fan podcast. What? 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 Hi guys, I hope you're all doing well. I am really excited to be here with you today. I am so happy to be back. I already said that last week, but yeah, I'm really, really happy to be back. Even if, you know, season four is not my favorite. I quite like this episode, actually. You know, as a whole, usually there's always like some storylines that I don't like or the opposite. There are storylines that I do like in an episode that I don't like. But this episode as a whole, I quite like it. So, yeah. (laughs) Like I said, I hope everything is fine for you and well today we're going to talk about episode 2 of season 4 of Downton Abbey that I called the one with Matthew's letter. Yeah, again, it's also very like centered around Matthew and Mary. Like, Well, for me, it's the most important thing like in the beginning of this season. But yeah, I thought for me, it's what I like the most. <laughs> so again, we're going to talk about Mary, Matthew's letter at the end. Let's just stop the intro and start, shall we? And like I did last week, I'm going to start with Edith because well, there's not much to talk about, but there's a bit of Edith, so let's just talk about her a bit. There's only one scene for Edith's storyline in this whole episode, but it's quite a nice scene. So she is with Michael Gregson at his apartment, and well, it's a nice apartment. Like when you see it, you're like, okay, okay, it's not Downton, but... I mean, it's a good apartment and you realize that they had lunch together and well, it's just very casual, but it's very nice. And I don't know, when I see a scene like that, I realize that I feel like they they look good together, you know, and when they laugh because Michael said that he can make coffee, well, make, this is a big word, but you know, and she laughed because she said that um, her father can't do anything, like he can't boil a kettle. Which is very funny because the last time we saw someone from upstairs boiling a kettle was Sybil. Well, boiling, no, it was Sybil who tried to fill the kettle and she failed. So, you know, and Edith uh, says that if the servants were all gone, literally her father would be dead because he can't do anything. <laughs> Which, you know, what? I think it's quite true. I'm not like, I don't know if he can yeah, boil a kettle. I'm not sure he can. So now I want to see Robert having like cooking lessons with Mrs. Papmore. Okay, now I want to see that. I don't know why. Anyway, But yeah, so they talk again about Michael's plan, which is to become a German citizen. And apparently everything looks good. Well, his lawyer seems to think that everything looks fine. And she's still like amazed that he wants to do it for her. And says that, you know, people will hate him for it, but she will love him even more because everything he does right now is just to be with her, which I think... Again, I said it last episode, but it's very brave or very stupid or both. But yeah, again, uh, I can understand Edith. I mean, if the man like does that for her, I can say that she really wants to be with him because like this is this is big. And um, in the end, she says that she wants him to go to Downton. And he's not sure because, well, you know, because of his situation. But she says, oh, but my mother is having a party uh, soon so why don't you come you know because with the party you have lots of guests so you can just blend in he's not sure but she says but like my mother likes you which is true like but crush is very friendly and i think like i said i think she re- realized that edith really likes him so she's like you know it's good so yeah i like the guy <laughs> and well robert is not like yeah no doesn't really like him but like edith says um he doesn't know him so maybe, you know, they can learn to know each other a bit better and maybe 
Robert we like Michael Gregson who knows so she invites him so to this party and then she's supposed to leave to go back to downtown and well obviously he doesn't want her to but she says that it's getting harder and harder to say no so she's really like I mean of course she's really like falling hard in love with him because well you know what I really like them I mean you, you can sense I will not end well because you know everything <laughs> doesn't sound good at all like the whole story from the beginning you know this is not going to end well but I'm really sad about it because I, I really feel like they look great together actually so yeah I'm sad about that and I love Edith's style. I said it already, but I really like it. I don't. There's something a bit like Greek. I don't know in the in the shape of. I don't know if it's really Greek, but it makes it makes me think about that. And I feel like she's the only one from upstairs that has a nice hairstyle because Mary, her hair looks like sometimes she looks like Princess Leia from Star Wars, you know. And Cora, I don't like it at all. Like, yeah, we know like it's about the fashion, but I don't like it. I don't know. Like, yeah. Well, you know, season two is my favorite Cora style. And I quite like then, you know, season five and six are better. But season four, it's like, you don't eat it. Well, actually, Rose has quite a nice hairstyle. Like Mary and Cora, I don't know what, what happened. But yeah, Edith is really pretty season four, I have to say. But yeah, you know, so I like the fact that Edith says that her mother is going to give a party because, you know, that you will see the party. You know, so Michael will come to downtown. He will, you know, try to um, know uh, Robert. And, well, we just have to wait and see what will happen. Bananas. Now again, like last week, let's talk about Mosley. And God, well, you know how much I love Mosley. And I feel so sorry for him. Like, I, I was like Anna, you know, in this episode, truly. And well, before talking about Mosey, let's talk about what happens at breakfast in the servants' hall. They receive a letter from Gwen. You know Gwen, the maid who left to be a secretary, who was helped by Sybil. And I love it. I love it that they talk about her. Like, you know, we're in the beginning of season four. I just love it. I love it when shows mention again, like characters that are not here anymore, you know, because I hate it. Well, I know that um, Julian does that because he hates actually when shows do that. Like they, uh, a character leaves or a character dies and then you don't ever like hear of them. And I hate it too. So I like the fact that Julian hates it. And so he, you know, mentions Gwen because it's always so frustrating when you've been like following a show since day one and you have characters that you loved and just, well, they're gone because they're gone, but like they disappear, you know? Like, like they never existed. And it's so frustrating. So I like it when, you know, you have characters that just pops in. Just just even the name, I like it. So I'm really glad that we had that. So I have a letter from Gwen and she got married. And obviously Anna, she's so thrilled because Anna, she loved Gwen. Like they were really, really close. And she says that she would get a card and they can all sign it, you know. I think it is really cute. And so Anna then, she goes into the village and she runs it to Mosley. And Mosley, he's like repairing roads or something like that. And I first realized that he wished Anna hadn't seen him because he feels very ashamed to be here. He says actually that uh, he's not in a really good place and that he owes money to a lot of people. And so Anna, obviously, because she's really, really sweet, she says that maybe she can lend him, well, she and Mr. Bates can lend him some money. And he's like, I, 
I can't because I don't know how I can repay it. So she wants to give him some money, but he says, I can't, like, thank you. It's very nice of you, but like, I can't accept it. But you see how Anna, she, she, she really feels upset by that because, you know, Mosey, it's not his fault if he lost his job. I mean, and it's really like sad the way he lost his job. So the whole thing, you see that it unsettles her and she is, well, upset by it. And so obviously she has to talk about it with Mr. Bates. She even says it. She says that she's really upset by it because she doesn't want to accept help, which I can understand, you know, that well, it's always hard to accept help from people. And because sometimes help, you feel like you have to like give something in exchange. But you know that in this situation, Anna, if she wants to help you, you don't have to give anything back. It's just Anna, she wants to help you. But so she says to Mr. Bates that she's really upset by it. And... Bates, he answers. Well, we can't have that. And I like the way he says it, like the way, he, you know, it frustrates him that Anna is upset. So you know that he will do something about it because he can't, you know, have Anna being upset. So then he talks about Anna again about the card that she wanted to send Gwen. And he says that he thought that maybe they could have some people from the village to sign it. You know, and he says, the Bakewells, Mr. Mosley, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, he has an idea. The guy has an idea. And we know there's something behind that because we have the same reaction as Anna, you know, when she says, I never think of you as social. Why should I be social when I have you? So you know there's more to it. I mean, yeah. And then, oh my God, I love this scene. You have Violet at her desk, you know, at her house, writing. And then Spratt announces that there's, I mean, that she has a visitor. And it's Mr. Bates. And I mean, you're like Violet. She's like, mm? Bates? What are you doing here? Like, this is, like, this is so unexpected. And so Bates, he says that he has something to ask her and it's about Mr. Mosley. And I, I love how he says, Mr. Mosley, the younger. She's like, you make him sound like a Greek philosopher. But he says that, you know, he's fallen pretty deep. Like he's not in a really good place. So she's like, are you asking me to give him some money? But I like the way she says that, you know, cut the crap. Just tell me what you want. But then he says that, yes, he asks for some money. But Mr. Mosley, he doesn't want just to take it like that. And Violet's like, oh, well, that's, you know, that's reassuring. You know, that's quite nice. But Bates says that they can think of something, you know. And obviously, you know, that he has something in his mind because, well, it's Bates. So, yeah, like, he's a very resourceful person. So, yeah. Then he goes to see Mosley to ask him to sign the card for Gwen. And Mosley's like, but I didn't really know her. He's like, oh, please, I'm sure she would appreciate it. And Mosley, I mean, like us, he's like, you're very friendly. <laughs> and I just love this scene because basically, like, well, aren't I usually friendly? And Mosley's like, no. Well, you're not discourteous, but you're not like friendly. And I just love it because we as a spectator, we know that no, Bates is not usually that friendly, you know. And I just love it because I don't know, I think it's a very satisfying scene. I don't know why. Because we are like, well, we know why Bates, that, well, we don't maybe know exactly why, but we know like that he wants to do something to help Mosley. So he kind of plays, I don't know, to be this very friendly person. But we also know that, yeah, Mosley is right to be like um, surprised because this is not Bates. Like, usually he's not like that. Anyway, and well, obviously then, if we hadn't like figured out what Bates wanted to do, we see him at a desk and he is forging Mr. Mosley's signature. And you see on the paper that there's also his signature, Mr. John Bates. So 
Um, if you don't know exactly what it is, you know, there's something behind it. Like uh, that, that's why he wanted Mosley to sign the letter for Gwen. And so then like Bates invited Mosley to come to Downton. And so Mosley is here. And again, he's very, very friendly. And he says to Mosley that he went out through like his desk and he found like a note and he wants to repay it. And Mosley like, repay what? And apparently he has a paper where it is written that Mosley has lent some money to Bates when he first arrived. And so he wants to repay it. So that's what he's been writing. And that's why he forged Mosley's signature. And apparently Bates owes Mosley £30, which back then is a huge amount of money. I don't know like how it is compared to today, because to be honest, I haven't like looked for it and made research. But you see that it is like there's a difference, you know, the way they react you know, to 30 pounds, like it's oh my God. <laughs> but anyway, so it's like a huge amount of money. And Moses like, what? And you realize it's more than what he owed to other people. So then he would have a bit of money to like survive a bit. I don't know what like to say yeah mosey he's stunned but what i love in all this is thomas in this scene because realize that he doesn't believe Bates' story at all but like his face you know like he doesn't seem like he's angry that Bates did that he looks more amused by the whole situation and yeah and actually at that moment anna arrives and you see when anna arrives at Bates, it's a bit like oh my god because anna she doesn't know you know this whole story and she kind of knows that it's like false and you see on his face that he's like okay please don't like mess up my <laughs> my story and so then Bates leaves and he leaves you know mostly with his 30 pounds and anna she comes to talk to him and this scene is just so sweet I absolutely love this. I mean, in this episode, you have a lot of sweet scenes again between Bates and Anna. And again, it's because next episode, you know, it's going to hurt a lot. But Anna, she, she asks him, why did you do that? And he answers, You have put up with so much that I couldn't change. So if there is ever the slightest thing I can make better for you, then I will. But how did you manage it? Don't I keep telling you? Prison was an education. I love it because at first it's very romantic and super like strong and beautiful, you know, like that he wants to make everything better for her. And I love how it's um, funny when he says that prison was an education. Yeah, I just, I love it and <laughs> don't like next episode. Like, I mean, what will happen next episode? I'm, I'm not ready to talk about that actually. So they just, like I said, take this picture of Anna Bates happy very sweet and all that Let's just remember that because next episode is not going to be very pretty bananas oh now let's talk about someone i don't like i mean don't like someone that i hate edna well or oh, miss braithwaite but it's like it's quite hard for me to say it, so let's just call her edna so cora's maid yeah because she's cora's maid <laughs> Um, I'm still pissed about all that because I love Cora with all my heart. I think you know it by now. And she deserves a sweet lady's maid like Anna. She deserves someone who can truly be her friend. Like she, she deserves it. Like I'm so mad because Edna is so much worse than O'Brien. Okay, okay. O'Brien, she like kids Cora's baby with the soap thing. But Edna, I just... It's, I think it's physical. I see her. I want to punch her. Well, actually, 
when every time she talks, I also want to like physically attack her. You know, violence is not a solution, but it's just, you know, the feeling I have when I watch the episode. I don't know about you. Like, do you like her? I don't think you can like her, but like, who do you think is like worse between O'Brien and Edna? That's a good question. You can answer and send me a message to answer that because uh, I'm curious by constant Edna, okay? So she's Cora's ladies' maid now. And Thomas, he talks to her. Well, I know it's Barrow, but I like saying Thomas, so it's still Thomas to me. And he talks to her, obviously, you know, because before, I mean, O'Brien was his ally. Well, not at the end, but in the beginning, she was his ally. And so now he wants to be friendly with Cora's uh, new ladies' maids again to have an ally and to know what's going on. And well, actually, you know, she she's worse than Thomas. And I feel like she even brings the worst out of Thomas. I don't know how to explain that, but like, you know, like because she's this nasty person, well, it makes Thomas like nastier or, or nasty again because he was quite nice or nicer. Anyway, and Anna, because she's the sweetest person ever, she wants to warn Edna against Thomas because, you know, she says it. When she was a housemaid, he didn't care. But now that she's a lady's maid and her ladyship's lady's maid, he will. Like, he will be friendly. And she says, no, it would be best if you just, you know, stay away from him. And you see that Edna, she almost doesn't care. It's like, okay. Like, ugh. It's just, I, yeah, I have a problem with her. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, if you like her, I'm sorry because I really hate her. But, like, is there really people that like her? Like, I don't know. Anyway. And then where troubles... Uh, because, well, she, well, it looks like she burned Cora's blouse. Well, she did something wrong because there's something wrong with Cora's blouse. And, well, she's um, obviously not happy because Cora would be, like she says, livid and yes. <laughs> and so Thomas, he says, well, I no, I mean, I have an idea. And it's funny because when he says that, just at that moment, he sees Anna and Bates in the corridor. So I don't know about you, but when you heard that and you see that he has seen them you're like okay I think his ID is not a good one and so obviously then Cora she's upset and she even says that it was a favorite and I I'm not really sure but this blouse it looks like one she had in season two in well I have one scene in particular in my mind but I don't know if you remember it. it's a scene when Cora and Robert they go down the stairs and Robert, he's a bit like angry. No, no, he acts like a child, like he does. And, um, you know, because uh, he will be alone at luncheon because Cora doesn't have time because Mary's with Carlisle. I think that, yeah, Mary was with Carlisle. Edith was with Violet and, you know, and she goes down the stairs and I think it's the same blouse. And I think she has it also in the scene when she talks about Ethel with Mrs. Hughes and Carson, you know, after Carson realized that Mrs. was feeding Ethel. I think it's the same one. But I'm not really sure now. I, I don't know if you know the answer because to be honest, I haven't checked. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not doing a really good job actually, <laughs> but I, I haven't checked. I could have, but I didn't. So if you have the answer, well, you can tell me. I don't think we have seen this, but I was in season three. But I like the fact that it was a favorite. And actually one day I read a drabble where someone wrote why it was a favorite and I love it because every time <laughs> we assume that if she says it's a favorite it has something to do with Robert and why I love it I think it's sweet but anyway so Edna she burned and you see that Cora is upset so I don't like her like she she is upsetting Cora so how can I like her you know it's obvious <laughs> but then Thomas because he can be very persuasive and I think 
A part of me thinks that Crack kind of likes Thomas. I don't know why, but I feel like she likes him because every time he talks to her well last time he talked to her it was last episode it was to say that nanny west was neglecting the kids and it was true so obviously now she like adores him but i don't know but then thomas he says that edna is not happy because why she didn't want to point the, f- the finger so obviously Cora's like wait what and like, yeah no, I, I don't really want to say because you no know, I'm, I'm not really friends with mr bates and i don't want to cause trouble and at first she's like mr bates like what how can he be involved in this and says, no, not him. And you see her face, Anna. Like, you know, first she's like, Anna. Like, what? And so Thomas says, you know, there's no one more jealous than a lady's maid. But you see her face, like she has her mouth open. Like, what? Like, Anna. And I think she tries to process everything in her, in her brain. Like, how Anna, who is the sweetest person that ever existed on this planet, can do that? I mean, that's how it works in my mind, you know. Like, Anna. You could have told me anybody, like even Mrs. Hughes, I would have been, oh really? But Anna, not saying that Mrs. Hughes is not nice, but you know, Mrs. Hughes, sometimes she's a bit like a stern or she can be a bit strict. I mean, it's obvious because she's the housekeeper, but like Anna, no one would believe that. Like Anna, you know what I mean? And what I love, okay, Tiny, it's completely irrelevant about the whole Edna story, but at that moment, so she wants to go to the library to see Robert. And then Robert, he comes out and he says, uh, I want to ask you something. And I think it's really sweet that he wants to ask her something. I don't know what it is. Uh, do you have ideas? You know, if you want to write something about this scene that is completely irrelevant. I just, and I like the fact that he wants to ask her questions. I mean, he wants her advice. So, you know, it's nice because, um, you know, in the future, he will not really care for what she thinks. Bananas. But so, obviously, you know, now she has this in her mind. And so obviously she must have talked about it with Robert because they literally talk about almost everything. And so then Robert, he talks about it with Bates. And Bates is like, I have no idea. Like, I don't understand a word you're saying. Because obviously how Anna could be mean to somebody else, like it's not possible in his universe and in ours, it's not possible either. And so Robert says, I don't want to make a thing of it. Just, you know, ask Anna to go easy on her. <laughs> I just can't believe they believe it, really. I can't believe that Cora believed it. Honestly, I love Cora, you know, I love her. But like, how could she believe that Anna could have been like mean to someone? Like, yeah, like jealous. Like, I don't know. It's yeah anyway and Bates is like okay I just don't like understand what you're saying but okay so then he talks about it with Anna and Anna she doesn't understand she's like but I just warned her against Thomas she can't have taken that badly because there was nothing against her just saying you know Thomas is not like the nicest guy ever like it was just be careful it's literally what she said you can't take that the wrong way but you know then they enter the seventh hall and they hear people laughing and it's Thomas and I was going to say O'Brien because I'm used to it, but it's Thomas and Edna. And oh my God, just hearing her giggles, I just, I, I mean, she annoys me so much. And you know, and the fact that she keeps doing it, like then she's alone because Thomas has to go and serve the wine. And you know, and Bates like, what is funny? She's like, oh, nothing, <laughs> nothing. And you're like, oh. I mean, obviously, you Bates is not stupid. He realized there's there's something because it looks like they are plotting, you know, and they are. I mean, it really looks like that. So, yeah, I just, I can't stand her. When I see her, I'm like, you know what, O'Brien, you were not that bad after all. 
But you know, well, it's not the end with Anna, and it's. I even want to say maybe it's going to get better, but it's not. It's going to get worse. So yeah, yeah, not not ready for next episode. Bananas. Now let's talk about a character that makes me a bit happier. Rose. I love Rose. Like she's just so sweet and I don't know, so what young and naive and spontaneous. I don't know, I like her. So yeah. And anyone could be better than Edna. Well at least in this episode. And so I just love the first scene we see her. Like I just love that scene when she's in her room. You know, she's on her bed with magazines, listening to music. And I mean, this is such like a teenager. <laughs> I mean, when you see that, it's definitely like, yeah, like she's a teenager, like a young adult because she's like, what, 18, 19 now. I just love it because it's so different from anyone we have seen before. And I just love it. And I love her pajamas. Like they are trousers. Like, it's the first time I think we see that on the lady. And I love it, you know, because usually ladies have nightgowns where we saw a lot Mary and Cora with nightgowns. So I just love that she has trousers. I just, I love her pajamas. I love her room. Like, I love I love the, the vibe that it gives you. It just, yeah, very nice. And Anna, she knocks on her door and apparently she went to borrow a bed for Mary and, well, but... Rose, she has something to ask her. And she wants to go to a thé dansant in York. And she wants Anna to go with her. Anna, she says, well, I can't. Like, I have to ask Lady Mary first if I can go. And obviously, Rose doesn't want to. Because she doesn't really want people to know where she's going. Because she says that she doesn't want Lady Grantham to know. But she wants Anna to come with her as a chaperone. And so when she says, no, I know you love dancing. And Mr. Bates has maybe he has many qualities but he's not a dancer i don't know i think this scene is very very sweet because yeah she's she's a child she's still a child bit and i don't know um i like it but anna says that she can't go not without asking lady mary and what i just love in this scene actually is that rose when she gives her the flyer where you know where they talk about the tédansant she says did you think you could be like the most terrific fun and I don't know about you, but every time I hear terrific fun, the first thing that comes to my mind is Cora saying that to Mary just before Mary got married. And so obviously the like double and tender in it. And yeah, well, I've been corrupted by Cora and Cobra. So now everyone's saying terrific fun. Just yeah. <laughs> so why you made me laugh because, uh, well, it's Cora's fault, you know, that's just let's just blame her. Then Anna, she's with Mary and actually Anna, she tells her that Rose wanted her to go with her to a thé dansant in York, but she said that she had, she would have to ask Mary first. Mary's like, you know what? I mean, she's young and, you know, she needs a bit of fun. So go with her, but please keep her out of trouble. I just love that they say thé dansant. They say that in French because, yeah, I don't know why, because tea is very like English. So I don't know why they would say thé dansant, so like dancing tea. When you say it like that, <laughs> it sounds like weird. But yeah, it's what it means, dancing tea. So it's funny. Anyway, so they go, Anna and Rose, they go. And actually, when they're in York, Jimmy, he sees them because he's in York. And so when he sees them, he follows them. 
And so then Anna and Rose, they go inside. And Anna, she's not very comfortable because we, I don't think we're supposed to be here. And Rose's like, don't call me my lady because it's more something for like the working class, you know, like not aristocrats. And so Rose, she says to, to Anna, don't call me my lady or just don't call me anything, you know. And obviously a man asks Rose to dance. So she is dancing with him. And Jimmy, who has followed them, asks Anna if she wants to dance too. And she's like, yeah, just to, you know, keep an eye on Lady Rose. And so, you know, you see that the guy she's dancing with, like Rose, he's very charmed. I mean, obviously, Rose, she, she's a very charming person. But then there's a there's trouble and there's a fight and where well, they leave. Well, actually, they make Rose leave because she didn't want it to go. But they leave. And when she was dancing with the man, Sam, he's called, Rose, she said that she was a housemaid at Downton Abbey. And so... The man, he wanted to check if he, if she was all right. So he goes to Downton Abbey. And so he rings the servant's door. And Thomas is the one answering it. And he says that he wants to see the housemaid Rose. And you see Thomas' face like the housemaid Rose. But thankfully, Anna is here. And so she is dealing with him. And she says that she will try to find her. And so she waits for Rose at the bottom of the stairs. And she says that she has an idea. And she dresses, actually, Rose like a housemaid. And then Rose, she talks with this Sam. And she realizes that this little, like, escapade, like, this little, like, go out, you know, and flirting with him. Because she kind of flirted with him. But she, she realizes that she, he he really likes her. And that she has to kind of break his heart, you know. So she tries to let him down gently by saying that. But she gave one of the local farmers her word, like, I don't know, that they were engaged or something like that. But she realized that, you know, obviously they can't be together because she's a lady and he is like, like a, not a gardener, but something like that. I can't remember now precisely. And you see the guy is like, yeah, I understand. And, you know, and then she says that whoever he would find, she would be a lucky girl. So it's sweet. But at the same time, it's really sad because she just wanted to have fun. And by having fun, she didn't realize that she kind of broke his heart. So, but that's also how you can realize that she is young like you realize that yes she's young and she makes a lot of mistakes and in a way she kind of reminds me a bit of how mary was you know at the beginning not in the same way you know about breaking people's heart but like sometimes acting with not without thinking about the consequences and obviously because they were almost the same age so i quite like to see that because we will see her grow that's why i like to because we have to remember that she is still a child you know also like we need to take in how she was raised you know with that horrible mother so yeah i like to think that we see her grow into a better person i think she would be a better person thanks to being a downton and this environment because you know cora is definitely not susan and she's much 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 like sweeter and yeah <laughs> so she can only be a good influence you know <laughs> on rose but yeah I, I just love that anna she helped her and again it just sh shows how anna is very very sweet so you know the whole edna situation she don't understand how like cora could have like believed it but in a way i think she, she believed it because thomas said that to her and since he was right about nanny west she thinks she can believe him when she can't but yeah anyway but rose like i said it, it's sad and sweet at the same time and well i really do love her actually so yeah now i mean i know you've been waiting for it our love square. 
So Jimmy, Ivy, Alfred and Daisy. It's more like it's very centered around Jimmy and Ivy, actually, but obviously you still have Alfred and Daisy in the kitchen. They talk about theater because apparently there's a Phyllis there who's coming to York with her play. And Ivy, she doesn't know who she is because she's never been to the theater. And James is like, you've never been to the theater. She's like, no. And yeah, I mean, she's very young. She has no money. So why would she go to the theater? But you see, it's something that just stays in his mind. And then later, Mrs. Padmore, she needs to go to York. He's like, well, I can do it. I can go to York to York for you, you know, if you want. And you say that to Mr. Carson, he will let me go. So you, you understand there's something. He wants to do something in York because why would you just be so nice, you know, and just do something with Mrs. Padmore just like that. And I like this scene because before James arrives, Daisy and Alfred, they're talking about Jimmy. Because, you know, Alfred's like, well, Jimmy, he only like likes Ivy because it makes him angry and all that. But I like it because they're cooking together. Like Alfred and Daisy, they're literally cooking together. I think it's very sweet. One thing that I don't like, it feels like Alfred knows that Daisy likes him. And he kind of plays with her because Daisy said, well, maybe Jimmy now he really likes Ivy. You know, maybe he, he just realized that he likes her. You know, it can happen. And she's, sometimes people come around. And then Alfred, he tells her with a little smile, you hope. And I don't like it because it feels like he says, like, you hope that people will come around. Like, you hope that, you know, I will like you. Like, I don't know. I I don't really had a good feeling about that. And yeah, I don't know. I Yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's really nice because if he really knows that Daisy really likes him, it's not really nice to, like, kind of play with her. But like I said, Jimmy, he was in York. And that's when he saw Anna and Rose and he followed them. And so he talks with Anna and he says that he has bought tickets to go see Phyllis there for him and Ivy. and. And she's like, well, she would be pleased, you know. And she's like, that doesn't mean that you're actually finally falling for her. And it doesn't really say yes, but he doesn't really say no. So maybe in his whole thing where he wants to, like, get Alfred angry, he realized that maybe he likes her. But he got her tickets. Like, this is huge because it kind of cost a lot. So, yeah. And then he, he asks Carson the permission to go to the theater and to take Ivy with him and so there's uh, Mr. Carson, Mrs. Hughes, and Mrs. Papmore there. Mrs. Papmore, she's like, well, she would want to go. And I think she can change her half day. Like she, if you're okay with it, she can go. So Mr. Carson, he, well, he, he tries to find um reason to say no, but he doesn't have any. So he says, okay, yes. And then Mrs. Papmore, she says to Mrs. Hughes, I hope he doesn't break her heart. We must all have our hearts broken once or twice before we're done. Oh, I just love them, you know. And then Ivy, obviously, she's so excited to go to the theater. And obviously, I mean, Alfred, he's very jealous. Like, you know, he thinks there's a reason why he's so nice to Ivy, but not a good one. You know, not a reason like, oh, Jimmy is falling for Ivy. No, he thinks there's something, but not a good one. And then obviously, Ivy, she's so excited to go to the theater. I just love it because you see Daisy, she's like, she's fed up. She's like, you know, and I just love when she says, why should I wear and Daisy answers, clothes. I just love when Daisy answers that, you know, clothes, like, duh. <laughs> like, you know, it's obvious. Like, I don't know, I just love it. But obviously, Daisy, she's feels a bit bad because, because of all that. Alfred, he's very jealous. And so, well, he's still really keen on Ivy. So, obviously, she feels bad. But Miss Papmore, she tries to reassure her. She says, but, you know, he's young. And a young man's heart, I mean, he's a change lover. is like, shirts, you know. That's not what she says, but that's... You know, basically, it's the image of what she says. But so, you know, 
Ivy and Jimmy are going to go to the theatre and she's very excited about it. And obviously we will see that again. It, it's not the end for, you know, our love square bananas. Okay, let's talk about Carson now. Carson and Mr. Greg. Because if you remember last episode, Mr. Greg, he kept sending letters to Carson because he was not in a really good place. And Mrs. Hughes, she has read the letters and she found out that Mr. Greg was at a workhouse. So she asked Isabel if she wanted to like take care of him. And Isabel, she accepted and kind of helped her, you know, after Matthew's death to do something and to feel useful and to realize that she had like energy and kindness and all that. And Carson was not really pleased because he is angry with Mr. Greg and we don't know why. And so in this episode, Isabel is still taking care of him and Dr. Clarkson is where he was here to like check on him. And he talks with Mrs. Hughes because Mrs. Hughes was a curly house too. And he says, you know, I feel like you knew what you were doing bringing him here. Like you knew that Mrs. Crowley would take good care of him and that he would make her feel better. That's how I understand it. And then Mrs. Hughes, she is with Mr. Greek and Isabel. And well, actually, Carson, he doesn't care about him. But she tries to still lie and say, well, you know, Carson, he's busy. That's why he... Um, hasn't come um, to see you and it's like you know don't need to lie he just he will not come like he doesn't want to see me and and then he says something like it was not my fault that's why he's angry with me he thought it was my fault but it wasn't my fault Isabel and Miss Susan don't understand what he's saying but you see there's something there's obviously a reason why Carson he's angry at Mr. Greg and then Isabel, she is in Mrs. Hughes' sitting room after the dinner to tell her that she has written to the opera house in Belfast. Well, actually, she has written to many opera, but it's the one who answered back. And they're in the need of a stage doorkeeper. So she has found a job for Mr. Greg. So that's great. You know, so he can finally like start a new life. And then Carson is going through old papers and you see a photo of a friend, of a lady friend. And Mrs. Hughes, where she's with him and she sees that. Obviously, she senses that there's something. You don't keep the photograph of a friend, a lady friend, just, you know, without like a purpose, without a reason. So she senses there is something, especially that he says that apparently he feels like she has treated him badly. So, you know, you sense there's something. But then he says, oh my God, I just saw her Carson. This moment is quite sweet, a bit sentimental. But then Carson, he says, well, never mind. We shout and scream and wail and cry, but in the end, we must all die. Ah, that's cheered me up. Thank you. I just love Mrs. Hughes' reaction. You know, at first she was like, oh, it's sweet. Like you remember things. And then she's like, okay, thank you. This is nice. <laughs> oh God, I just love it. And then Isabel, she comes to see Carson at Downton. Because obviously she has, you know, she wants to fix things. That's Isabel. And so she wants to ask him to come and see Mr. Greg because he's going to leave because he has found jobs. So it would be it would be a shame that he would not like resolve what is to be resolved. Like, you know, to like stitch the wound. Actually, Mr. will say that later, later. But, you know, because there is something in instead of, staying on that and letting it be like an unfinished story just close the damn book and you know go on with your life but Carson doesn't want you see that he the moment she mentions Mr. Greg he's completely close to what she says like he doesn't want to and then well when you know 
Carson, he was with Jimmy, Mrs. Hughes, and Mrs. Papmore. Then he's just with Mrs. Hughes. And I told him about Greg and Mrs. Hughes, she tells him, well, you know, he's going to live. He's like, yes, but I don't care. And she's like, yeah, but, you know, like you have to do something. Can't just stay on that. And she says, it's an open wound. I don't know why, but I do know this. You'd do better to stitch it up and let it heal. And she's so right. Like, even if you have to shout a bit, just, you know, it's a, it's an unfinished business. And it's just like, yeah, resolve this. Like, yeah, like she said, stitch the wound. Then Carson, he's alone in his pantry and he um, looks at this photograph of this lady friend. And then the next day at the train station, Isabel, Mrs. Hughes and Dr. Clarkson are here with Mr. Grigg. And first they look around to see if Carson is here. He's not here. But then Carson appears in the smoke. <laughs> like she comes out of the smoke of the train. I just love when uh, Isabel she's like, well, I'm delighted, but I'm not surprised. And Mrs. Hughes, she's like, well, I'm astonished. Like, I can't believe my eyes, you know, that he actually came. And then they talk and they and you realize that this whole like crawl they had, it was around this Alice because apparently Carson was in love with her, but then she left with Greg. And Greg says that, you know, he's not the one who stole her from him. Like she came with him, but he didn't stole her. Well, she's dead now. Apparently she said that she loved uh, Carson, that he was the better man. So Carson is like, like, oh, really? She really she really said that? And Mr. Reese is like, yes, she said it. So Carson realized that, you no, know, the story is over. First, she's dead. So the story is over. But in the end, you know, Greg didn't stole her from him. And she actually loved him. So, you know, it's the end of the story. And just before Greg leaves with the train, they shake hands. And I love it because it's always a very powerful image, you know, when they shake hands. So I like it. But it's always a moment that always stresses me out. You know, when they talk a lot at the train station and the train is here. And you're like, the train's going to leave. You're going to miss the train. But they have to talk for like 20 minutes. You're like, but he, the train is going to leave. Like, go on the train. Well, maybe it's just me. But every time I think about it, and obviously every time they like go in the train, like at the last moment. Um, but yeah. And so in the end, Carson asked Isabel if she can tell him like, how much she spent on like taking care of Greg because he wants actually to uh, pay that. At first she doesn't want him to pay, but then he insists and she realizes that it's important for him. So she says, okay. And he goes back to downtown and misuse she goes with him. And yeah, and actually that's the, the end of the episode. And yeah, I like it because I like the fact that we saw Greg again because something that we saw like episode two of someone and I love it. I say it again, but yeah, that we are seeing characters or hearing about characters that we saw like a long time ago. And I love it. And it's always nice to see a more like fragile image of Carson, more like less stern and strict. I, I like it. It's very sweet. And then I love Carson and Mrs. Hughes scene. So, yep. And now to end this episode, let's talk about Mary. At the beginning of the episode, there's a package for her and it was delivered from Matthew's office. And I love it because when uh, Carson received the package, uh, Mrs. Hughes is with him and she even says to him that it was from Mr. Matthew's office. So maybe it's best if someone else opens it uh, in case there's something, you know, that will like make her cry. And Carson's like, oh, yes, good idea. So I love the fact that, you know, it's but obviously Mrs. Hughes would think that, but I think it's very sweet because you know that Mrs. Hughes, she's not like the biggest fan of Lady Mary, but I I really love this tiny attention 
that you know maybe it could be hard for Mary so it's best if someone has just look into it in case you know there's something very personal and sad so Robert opens it and when he opens it the first thing you see is a little doggy you know the little doggy that Mary gave Matthew during the war and I think it's so sweet that we see that again like oh this is I mean this is so satisfying you know like I don't know about you, but like when you're a fan of a show, to see tiny details like that again, I think this is so satisfying. And and this was such a sweet thing. Like the little doggy was, yeah, I just, oh, I love it. But then, so Robert, uh, he takes a book and then a paper fall out of a book. And then Robert, he's with Violet and they talk about this paper. So it's a letter, apparently, that Matthew wrote. And... Apparently, Matthew wanted Mary to be his sole heiress. But Robert's like, yeah, but I don't know. Maybe I should ask Mary to check it first. And Violet's like, but why? So, but I don't want like to get her hopes up you know, to think that she is Matthew's heiress. And Violet's like, but no, like, I mean, this is this is stupid because I mean, he wanted her to be his heiress. I mean, this would mean a great detour, whether or not it's legal. Like, I think. Even if it's not, just the fact that he wanted her to be. Yeah, this would mean a great detour. And I'm with Violet. And Robert's like, but is it like right to exclude George? And she's like, but right or wrong, it's what he wanted. So, you know, whether you like it or not, you know, like you can like it or lump it. You know, that's it's what he wanted. And she even says, you have to give that to Mary before you give it to Murrow or anybody else because this this letter was for Mary like it's a very personal thing and you have to give it to her and then Robert he's a bit like you know he doesn't know where to stand you know because last episode he was like but who will take care of George's part of the estate because you know technically Matthew's part it's George's part now and he wants it to be him obviously to have full control of Downton and everybody's against him and I like it when Violet says, oh, do you want to give it to Mary because you're afraid of, like, the truth? Like, you want to be the only master of Downton. He's like, mm. like, you talk nonsense, you know. And I know when he when he says this would not change a thing and that Mary would not want to be involved. And you're like, yeah, um, no. I mean, sometimes, like, do you know the women in your life? Because they actually kind of all want to do something. Especially after the war, they all want to do something. So obviously she wants to get involved. Like, yeah. But I mean, it's Robert. He's a bit like, he's stubborn and he's a bit dumb sometimes. I mean, he's a donk. But I think this in this whole story, and he kind of acts like an asshole. Really? But I just love when <laughs> Violet, I mean, oh my God, this line is just so good. He says, When you talk like that, I'm tempted to ring for Nanny. And have you put to bed with no supper? I just love it. Remember, I told you I love Violet and Robert scenes because she treats her sometimes like he's still a child. And he acts sometimes with her like a child. And this line is just so great. And his face like, yeah, but I mean, you brought it on you, Robert. I mean, you deserve it. Like, yeah. But so he actually listened to his mother and he talked about a letter to Mary. And you see that it's upsetting her I mean she's so shaken by the idea that there's a letter and um, I really like this scene because I like how he speaks because even if he wants to you know be like the king uh, of Downton again like alone and he, even if he like makes wrong decisions and wrong choices 
he still loves his daughter dearly and so you see the way he speaks to her about the fact that there's a letter for her from Matthew I don't know I like like his tone like he you know I don't know I like it but you see that she is very shaken by that and so then the family is in the drawing room and Robert he reads it I love this scene because I love the reaction from everyone and so in the letter Matthew says that he wants Mary to be his heiress and you see the girls, you have Mary, Rose is next to her and then next to Rose there's Edith. And Edith is like, what? So she's really like shocked because well, this is like, whoa. And I think Paul her is like, okay, so my sister that I don't really like, like we don't really get along, is going to own like have this. But at the same time, you feel like she's also shocked because, oh, like Matthew had made a decision. I don't know how to say it. Like, I don't think it's just bad surprise. I think it's like a mixture of just being surprised. But you see, like Rose is also surprised. But what I love in this scene, two things. Cora, her eyes never leave Mary. From the moment that there's a letter from Matthew, she is looking at Mary. I love a tiny detail, but like obviously because Shenzi would upset her or make her sad. And other things I love is that when, so Robert is reading the letter and it's almost the end of the letter when he says that, you know, he's going like to dinner with her and that's a lovely thought and that, you know, the moment really, really sad. And when Violet sees that Mary, she's starting, you know, crying. She looks for a tissue and she gives a tissue to her. And the first time I've watched this episode, even the first, second time, I clearly didn't pay attention to that. But if you pay attention closely, you see that she is looking for a tissue and she gives it to her because then, you know, Mary, she like, she dries her tears. But I just love this tiny thing. You know, you have Cora looking at her because, well, she's a bit far and she can't just run where she could have, but, you know, she's a bit far, but just love that, you know. Violet giving her tissue I think yeah it's very sweet moment and you have Tom being really happy he's smiling because he feels like he knew Matthew would have a plan like yeah this is very nice and then other scene that I love is the dinner scene where Robert really acts like an asshole but I love it because I love the reaction from everybody because like I said everyone is against Robert on this where he wants to be in sole charge of Downton again you can feel it and even with the idea that he was sharing it with George, everyone thought that Mary should take care of it because she was Matthew's wife and she's George's mother. So it made sense. But obviously Robert doesn't agree. And I just love in this that Cora and Isabel, they, they're kind of happy that Matthew had the last word. Like, you know, because it, they were all like, but how are we supposed to do? And he felt like, you know, even Isabel felt like, you no, know, he must have had a plan. Even Edith, she said, well, I knew he must have a sensible plan. So everyone is quite glad that he did have a plan, you know. So that's why I said that Edith's surprise, not just a bad surprise at the idea that um, her sister will have half of downtown, but also like, we're just surprised. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah. But Robert says, I don't know if it's valid and he, has, he doesn't really want to believe it. And then, well, I love this whole conversation. So I would just give it to you, like the whole thing, because I think it's very, very interesting. And so then Tom, he says to Mary. I hope you intend to get stuck in. I want the right to an opinion. I shall be content with that. You already have a right to an opinion. Do I? Good. No, certainly you do. In fact, there's a question of using empty farmyards as new sources of revenue. I'd like to know what you feel about that. Well, I'd have to think about it. Crop rotation, livestock versus cereals, or indeed the whole matter of the tax. There are lots of things I would like your opinion on. I assume you're trying to make some sort of point. He's trying to show that a woman's place is in the home. But she knows a lot about Matthew's plans. That has value for me. Mrs Crawley, 
What do you think? I'm afraid I'm on Mary's side, Robert. If sides there must be. There are no sides, not at all. I'm pleased if you're pleased. I'm just saying you have some work to do. That is, if the letter turns out to be valid. Which you very much hope it is not. This scene is so powerful because you realize that everyone is against him. And I love it when he starts, uh, when he says, most certainly you do, like he has questions for her, like he wants her opinion on something. When he starts like that, he wants to, it's a trick. Like he, he knows that she can't say anything. And obviously she can't say anything because she hasn't thought about it. Like she, she has to learn and Matthew had to learn. And I just saw when he starts doing that and Cora, the way she looks at him, like, come on. I don't know, like the look, she knows exactly where he's going and she doesn't like it. Like, I don't, oh my God, I, oh, now I really want to know what happened in their bedroom after that dinner. Oh, oh my God. If someone wants to write that, oh my God. Oh, I would start to make a list of all the, the things I would like people to write it because I'm not going to write it. I'm going to ask like nice writers. like Because her look, she is not pleased at all by the way he's acting. And I like when she says, no, he wants, he's trying to show that a woman's place is in the home. And the way she says it, she's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Everyone is against him. And Violet also, with this whole conversation, she's like, she's fed up with Robert. And I like that she's the one who has the last word, you know, when she says, you very much hope that the letter is not valid. Like, I love this scene because they're all against Robert, but like for good reasons. Like, Robert, you are stupid, Okay. And it's even mean what she says because you see Mary, how she feels so bad about it because she feels like she has... Well, that's why she is not sure she could get involved in her last episode because she doesn't feel welcome by her father. So you know, how is she supposed to fight for it or try to learn things when she knows she's not welcome? Like, I can understand her. And like Robert, he really was an asshole in this scene, but I really like this scene because everyone is against him. <laughs> But really, this scene, like Cora and Robert in the bedroom after that, you know, now I want to see it. Anyway, you know, uh, the scene when Isabel was in Mrs. Hugh's sitting room. So when they talk about Mr. Greg, then Mrs. Hugh, she um, asked her about Matthew's letter because she heard about it and she hoped he was not too upsetting. And I love the fact that Mrs. Hugh, she's so considerate. And Isabel, she says, no, it was actually a relief that he had finally been heard. She felt it that... He must have planned something. She even said it to Edith. It seems so strange that he didn't make a will because, you know, Matthew was so meticulous and all that. And so he realized that he did, you know. And yeah. And then Mary, she is in her room with Anna. And you feel that she's a bit, you know, um, down with what happened at dinner. And Anna, she tries to stay positive. She says, your father loves you very much. She's like, yes, maybe. But we, what happened at dinner? I don't know where to start with this whole situation and Anna said well you know he always speaks highly of Mr. Matthew and changes he made and Mary says yeah maybe but he's really happy to have Downton back under his control and I think can he you know manage Downton now because you know well he's not the best manager you know so yeah and but you see that Mary she's a bit like in between because the power wants to get involved because she wants to save what Matthew and to continue what Matthew started. But at the same time, it's like if I have to go into war with my father every time, I mean, it's, it's tiring. Now it's time for my music of the day. And it's a very sad one. Again, it could have worked actually for last episode. But um, I liked it because for that moment when Mary, you have this, you know, like 
she wants to get involved for Matthew. But at the same time, she feels like she can't do it because she doesn't know how. And with the father being against her, it's complicated. And it feels like she, she needs Matthew at that moment. I don't know why. It's just, it's a very sad song. But I thought it fitted like Mary and Matthew, actually. I wish that heaven had visiting hours So I could just swing by and ask your advice What would you do in my situation? I haven't a clue how I'd even raise them What would you do? Cause you always do what's right So that was Visiting Hours by Ed Sheeran and yeah it's very very sad but I don't know it felt like Mary something that Mary could have said especially when she uh, says that I want to ask you advice and I'm so scared of turning out failure like she was says you know she said last like she, it felt like she was stronger with Matthew and I don't know I just yeah thought it was fitting so but so then Violet because Violet she was has a trick up her sleeve She's with Mary at the Dower House and Tom is here. And she asked Tom to come because she wants Mary to have a say in the running of Downton because she says, well, it's either you or your son who has half of the estate. So I want you to have an active part in it. And Mary's like, yeah, but that happened at dinner. Like, you know, Papa would never let me do it. And then she says, yeah, but that's why I want Tom to be your instructor. I want Tom to teach you things you need to learn. You know, like he had to learn a bit to be the agent, how Matthew had to learn. And I love when she says that because she says, yeah, explain to her like the the, the crops and, and the livestock. Like, she, you know, she says things like she must have heard, but she has no idea what she's saying. But she felt like, I know exactly, like I know exactly how to run down. So like, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like you realize she doesn't really know what she's saying, but she's like, I'm going to say it. And, you know, you will pretend like, you know what I mean? <laughs> and Tommy's he's pleased. He's happy because having Violet on their side is like the best. Violet is the best ally anyone can have, you know. So he's really pleased about it, about the idea. And then Mary's like, but should we do all that without telling Papa, you know? <laughs> oh, I love when Violet says, There can be too much truth in any relationship. But I love it because then what happens? Tom shows the estate to Mary. And he's so proud. Like, I love it. Like, he, it, it is exactly what he wanted. And then I just love it because when he shows her the estate, this scene, you know, when he says, you know, this is... The, the land farmed by us and this by I don't know who. It looks so much like this scene in The Lion King when Mufasa shows Simba their kingdom. <laughs> well, I know someone has made a meme about that. I know I've seen it because it is exactly like that. The way it is, I don't know, Mary's like, she tries to understand and yeah. Um, but yeah, I just thought it looked like that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's sweet because Tommy is saying, I want to know what you think. I don't want 
you to um, say what I would say. I want you to think about it and tell me what you think. And I would tell you what I think. And then we can discuss all together. And I love it. I love that. I mean, M Mary and Tom's relationship would just get better and better. And I love this relationship. I think it's a beautiful friendship. And yeah, I love it. And the family is in the drawing room. And Robert tells him that he had a letter from Murray and that he said that Matthew's letter is valid. What he did shows that he wanted uh, this letter to act as a will. So it is like a will. So Mary owns half the estate. And Violet is so happy. She's like, oh, yes, that's so great. Robert is less happy. And I love it because then they go uh, to dinner. And I love it because Cora, when she passed just uh, in front of him, she like squeezed his hands in a way to say, I know you're not happy about this, but like, cheer up. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's sweet. And when she leaves the room, Mary, she talks with him and he, she even says, I hope you're not too disappointed. At the moment, Cora, she just turns around to see them. Like, you know, she is smiling because she's happy for Mary. That's what she wanted too. But she knows that Robert is not that pleased. So again, I want to see the you no know, discussion in the bedroom. Like, yeah. If someone just wants to make, you know, like covered talk in the bedroom that we have not seen, I'm all for it. You know, if someone wants to start writing that, I, I will be reading it. But anyway. But so, you know, they talk and Mary says to Robert that they have to talk because she does not agree with his plan to pay the tax. And he is not happy with Tom. He says, you put her up to this. He says, no, I just like give her like the informations. She's the one who, you know, she can think. So if she does not agree with you, she has her reasons. But he's not happy. <laughs> and yeah, well, he, yeah. He, he's not happy because I think that it's been a while since he felt useless, you know, since the war. And now he thought that he could have, he could feel useful again because he would have downturn all for him, but not in a bad way, but also wait, I have to work for like my grandson and the future. He will work badly because he's not the best manager, like running downturn not the best thing well especially money investment just no don't do that Robert but I feel like now he feels like again he's useless again you know because his daughter will like take his place in a way so he has no part to play anymore so if he's useless and well no it's if Robert and feeling useless that's not it's not really good combination so I think there's a part of that you know in it uh, tell me what you think but before wrapping this up I will give you my French word of the day and I decided to give you the word will because it's quite easy because will in French it's testament and I think you have, well you have the same in English I think even to, to say will you can also say that and testament in French is written the exact same way that you would write it in English so very easy it's masculine so you would say un testament yeah it's written exactly the same way you know t-e-s-t-a-m-e-n-t -E -E so very easy but you know I like easy words, so, well, easy. I don't know if you are going to use that every day of your life, but at least it, it's easy. So, a will in French, it's un testament. And so, yeah, that's it for this episode. Uh, I like this episode. Like like I said, all the storylines, they are not like, they do not irritate me. Well, except for Edna, but like, she was not there that much. So, it's, you know, it's all good. So, if you just want to chat, I think I'm going to say every episode until you actually send me a message to chat about something. So send me a message somewhere if you want to talk about something. Or if you want to tell me how much you hate Edna, just like me, I would be happy to hear that. And yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. I haven't said that, but yeah, I hope you liked this episode. And well, if you did, tell me if you want. 
And uh, yeah, I will see you next Sunday. Hopefully it will be Sunday. I will try to talk about episode three of season four and be prepared because this is going to hurt like a bitch. Sorry for the word, but this this episode is so strange because uh, this has some of the sweetest moments ever and the most heartbreaking moment ever. So yeah, I'm not quite ready to talk about that actually, but we will see that next week. And until then, stay safe, take care of yourself, and don't forget... Vive la différence!